0: This episode is brought to you by the 5-Day Money Challenge. Get your stuff together with money and increase your confidence in just five days. Save your seat at WhitneyHanson.com slash moneychallenge and join in on the fun. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hanson, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Hey there, I am so excited to chat with you today about investing. This is something I polled everybody on Instagram and said, hey, what are your investing questions and what types of content would you love for me to cover? I didn't expect this one, but a lot of people said that they want a how to start investing. Where do you even begin And this is something where I was like, okay, I can do this. I can definitely cover this. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is how to start investing. This is going to be geared a little bit more for beginners. So please do keep that in the back of your mind. But I guarantee you, if you are trying to figure out this investing process, it's going to help you tremendously. So let's go ahead and dive in. Before I share the six steps to help you invest, it's really important to understand that confidence comes from commitment. When you commit to the process and you commit to yourself that this is going to happen and you're not going to be perfect at it and you're going to learn, what that does is that boosts your confidence over time. Confidence isn't something that you need more education to get. It has nothing to do with that. Confidence comes from experience and commitment. So I really need you to like pinky swear with me right now. Like, let's do it. Pinky swear. You got it? Okay. We need to pinky swear that we are going to make this a process and we're going to commit to investing for the long run. It's something that we really need to do if we want to build significant wealth. And I promise, even if you're not feeling super comfortable or confident, you're like, I have no freaking clue where, what I'm doing or how to make this all work. Again, I promise, if you commit to the process, you will find in a year, six months, even maybe even two years, it just depends, but you will become a confident investor. You're not gonna start that way, but I promise you will get there. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive into the steps. Step number one to starting investing is to educate yourself. Now, you're doing a great job because I know a lot of you have listened to this podcast since the beginning, and I'm so grateful for that. So you probably have a head start compared to a lot of your peers. You might know some of the basics, you might know some of the terminology, but if you don't, the best place to start is through free education. Free education meaning scroll through this podcast, listen to the episodes we've done on investing, not necessarily real estate investing, we're talking stock market specifically, but go listen to those episodes. The next place to start is go to my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash the Whitney Hansen. I know, super cheesy, but that's what it is. And I want you to watch the video on four investing books to read. Now, these books are going to give you a good idea of what investing looks like, how to get started, and understanding some of the basics. Now, most of these books are easily found in the library, or should be. So make sure you go to your local library, pick up a copy, or order it on Amazon if you have a little bit in your budget, and make it happen start investing. Choose one book, just one, read that for 30 days and start to understand some of the basics there. But definitely educate yourself is the first step to becoming a little bit more comfortable and getting started with investing. Moving right along to step number two. Step number two is to determine the purpose of your investing. Are you investing for retirement or is this for something else? Now here's a good rule of thumb. When it comes to short-term goals, generally those are not designated for investing. You're not going to have enough time to really make significant gains and you need that money to be accessible in the short run. So if the goal is five years or less, I generally would not recommend investing that. Now, again, I'm saying generally, this is definitely for educational purposes only. So I'm not a financial planner. You would definitely need to talk with a professional or just really intimately know your own financial situation. But I have found in my own experiences, any goal that's less than five years, it doesn't really mathematically make sense to invest. Now, let's say you hypothetically want to buy a home and your home is, how you're going to pay for that house down payment fund is through investing, but you don't anticipate buying a home for five to seven years plus. That's totally fine. Investing in that case, it gives you enough time where that would actually probably make a lot of sense. But for simplicity and for purposes of this episode, let's assume that the investing is for retirement because I think that's what most people inaccurately associate investing with, but I get it. So we're going to talk a little bit more about retirement. But step number two is you have to understand what is the purpose of the investment. Now, step number three is to look at your existing options. If you have a normal W2 job, do they offer any 401ks, 403bs, 457s? What are your retirement options with your existing job? Now, these are really great because these are a company match typically, not always, but generally your company will match some of that dollar amount. So let's put some math to this. If you have a 401k available to you and you have to contribute 5% of your salary, and if you do that, your company will match you 100%, that is a really great benefit. So let's assume you make $50,000 per year. That's your gross salary before tax. If you contribute 5%, that's $2,500 that you're putting into your 401k. The cool thing is your company then gives you $2,500. If it's a 100% match, then they're going to give you 2,500. This is just like a cool perk saying, hey, thanks for working for the company. We appreciate it. So it's a really great incentive. But the thing is that money when they contribute, it is free money, my friend. 100% free if you contribute to your retirement account. So that's why it's such a killer benefit. And that is why I recommend before you do any additional, like I'm going to go put my money all here and all here, start with what you have available to you. And for a lot of us, that is the 401ks, 403bs, 457s. Like That's where we generally would start. If you're self-employed like me, you don't have that option, but stay tuned. We're going to talk about how you can still invest outside of those things as well. Makes sense, right? All right. Step number four to start investing is to budget. You're like, what? I knew budgeting was going to be thrown in there. Yeah, for sure. That's the framework and the foundation for your financial life is cash flow management and budgeting. It's so critical. So why we're starting with budgeting is because what that does is that tells us how much free cash flow you have. How much can you actually use to invest? So let's go through a basic example of what a budget is. I already know if you, again, if you've listened to this podcast for any number of years or any number of episodes, you probably have a decent idea of how to budget. But for simplicity's sake, let's just break this down. I personally like to budget per paycheck. I find it to be a little bit easier. I find it to be more intuitive where it's like you pay, I don't know, these bills from this paycheck and these bills from this paycheck. So that's generally how I recommend budgeting. If you're paid twice a month, do a budget twice a month. But you can do a monthly budget and be completely fine, too. There's nothing wrong with that. Budgeting is a style. It's like personality types. There's a million different out there. <laughs> and so not one is right or wrong. It just depends on what strategy makes sense to you. But a basic budget looks like this. You will write down your income, your take-home income, and then you will list out all of your expenses, every single thing, down to groceries, eating out, variable, like all of your variable expenses and fixed expenses. List all of those out. Now, take your income, subtract out all of your expenses, whatever's left over, that's your free cash flow. That's the amount that we technically have to work with when it comes to investing. Now, if you need help with this budgeting stuff and you just have always struggled with it or it doesn't seem to make sense, there's two resources that you should probably be aware of. The first one is a free guide to budgeting on my website. It's WhitneyHanson.com slash budget what this is is it's a blog post and it breaks down step by step by step exactly what you need to do to start managing your cash. It's super, super easy. I say it's easy, it's actually very simple. The process is simple. Applying it can sometimes be a little bit difficult. So it's not easy if you're struggling, I totally get it. And you are certainly not alone. The next resource to be available of is me as a coach. I work with people all across the world exactly on setting up your financial foundation or leveling up your money. So if you have always struggled with budgeting and you need an accountability partner, you need a second set of eyes, and you need somebody that's experienced who has seen budgets from everywhere. Reach out to me. You can apply for coaching at whitneyhanson.com slash customized coaching. It's very, very affordable coaching. So I can promise you that you will get a ton of value from it if you're willing to commit to the process and if you are ready for the help. I would love to help you too, especially if you're getting value from this podcast. Working with me one on one is like the next level. It's a ton of fun. We get to know each other very well. And more than anything, I get your results, my friend. That's my goal. When you're paying me, I will get you results. (laughs) That's kind of how coaching works. So start with your budget to make sure you understand how much free cash flow you have. Now, here's another piece too. When you go through your budget, if you get to the end of it and you don't have any free cash flow, which a lot of people are in this situation, you budget everything out and you're like, great, I don't have enough money to invest. What do I do now? You can still invest. And here's the the process that I personally like to go through to see if it's worth it. So that's when I bring in side hustles. Anytime my expenses are higher than my income or it doesn't feel like I have enough money to reach my goals, I will side hustle my way to get there. Here's what I personally think about. I would rather, I'm 32 years old, I would rather side hustle and work extra hours at 32 years old to have enough money to invest For future Whitney than making future Whitney at 72 years old be forced to work a part-time job. Like, I don't want that. I don't want that for future Whitney. I, I care about myself in the future so much that I want to do anything I can today to alleviate that pressure off of me in the future. So that's just something that I personally think about is, would I rather work a few extra hours today so that I don't have to when I'm older? Yeah, for sure. Like I'm capable. I'm young. I have some energy, (laughs) arguably, so I can still do these things. So if you don't have enough money, enough free cash flow when you do your budget, don't feel bad. You can still invest. Even if you only have an extra $100 or $200, or maybe you have $1,000, you are still very much capable of being in the investing game. So don't think... That you're disqualified because of that. You can still 100% use that amount to work for you for future you. Which leads us to step number five. Step number five is taking that number from your cash flow, your free cash flow, and that's going to help you determine your immediate strategy. So if you're looking at it and you only have, say, I say only, if you have $200, that's still a killer place to start. Seriously, it really is. Any dollar amount is great. But if you have, a couple hundred bucks per month, then your strategy is going to be different than somebody that has maybe a couple thousand dollars per month. So it's very, very different. And here's what I mean by that. If you wanted to invest in index funds and you only have a couple hundred bucks, it's not the same because a lot of these index funds, fairly or unfairly, I don't know, but they have high minimums. Sometimes it's a thousand dollars. I've seen 2,000 5000. It can be a lot just to get into an index fund. And if you're just getting started, you may not have that kind of cash yet. And that's totally fine. Most people don't start there. Unless you're like, I don't know, some people like have these like crazy, crazy high incomes, or they have family that passed down money. If that's not your situation, I relate, my friend, I wasn't in that situation either. So I had to get started with the best way that I could, which was with ETFs and robo advisors. So if you don't have as as much money to get the minimum threshold for index funds, then your next phase would be looking into ETFs, which stands for Exchange Traded Fund or Robo Advisors. Now, the reason I like these is because it allows people to invest with very, very little money. So let's talk through this a little bit more. So for simplicity's sake, if you have no clue what a fund is, here's the way to think about it. Pretend you go to the grocery store and you buy, you grab a basket and in that basket, you throw in a ton of different products, okay? When you go to checkout, you pay one fee, right? So you pay your fee and you walk out the door. When you're buying any type of fund, mutual fund, index fund, exchange traded fund, that's a key vocabulary word to tell you that this is a grouping of companies. Okay, so it's a basket, a bundle of companies in one place. You're paying one fee and you're accessing all of these companies that are listed in that fund. So that makes it really cool because it's diversification. You're starting to diversify your money. You're buying a little bit of a whole bunch of different companies. And so if one company goes under you're okay because you have 50, 100, 3,000, like however many companies are in that fund, you have a ton of other companies that are going to perform probably pretty well. And so it's a lot lower risk. And I think for a lot of newbie investors, it's so much easier to see that and to feel comfortable with that process, knowing that your money isn't all in one stock, Does that make sense? So it's a little bit more diversified. So with an ETF, an exchange-traded fund, it's a basket of fund, a grouping of different companies all in one place. Now, here's the cool thing. With robo-advisors, you are usually using ETFs because ETFs are traded like a stock stock meaning you pay maybe $170, $250 for one share. It just depends on the ETF, but it's a lot more manageable than comparing that to an index fund with a $3,000 minimum. You can probably come up with a couple hundred dollars to buy an ETF, but a lot of ETFs will not allow you to buy what's called a fractional share, where maybe instead of having $170, you only have $50, but you still want to invest If you go directly through like Vanguard, you can't buy a fractional share. You can't buy half of a share of this ETF, unfortunately. But with robo-advisors, you can. So robo-advisors like Betterment, that's the one I typically recommend for a lot of newbie investors, allow you to buy fractional shares. So if you only have 50 bucks, you can still invest $50. And so it's a really great way to get started with investing before you have a ton of money. Now the fees are slightly higher. The more hands-on services you have, the more expensive it's gonna be. But even with robo-advisors, they're still incredibly cheap and they are still like less than 1% in fees typically. So you're probably gonna be okay for sure. But I definitely, definitely recommend Betterment if you don't have very much money. If you can't go buy one share of an ETF through Vanguard or Fidelity or Charles Schwab or whoever the heck you invest with, that's okay. Go with a robo-advisor, build up your portfolio, start to increase your cash flow, and then you can start to invest in ETFs specifically and buy full shares. Once you have the full shares, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to build up your portfolio over time, and then you will be allowed to buy index funds. So you have to kind of think of this in like almost steps. Start with robo-advisors, then ETFs, then index funds, and you're investing. Like That's really all you really need to do to start with the investing process. But the amount of extra free cash flow, that's going to determine your at least immediate strategy. So that's why it's so important to create that budget to see how much money you have to invest with. Which leads me to our last and probably most important tip for how to get started with investing, and that is, my friend, you have to learn to control your emotions. I cannot even tell you how many emails I receive when the stock market goes down of people freaking out and scared shitless, and I get it. I Nobody likes seeing their money value go down, but here's an important reminder when it comes to investing. You do not make or lose money until you sell. I'm going to repeat that. You don't make money or lose money until you sell. When you sell is when you get all of those gains or all of those losses. So if you're playing for the long run and you're letting your money just do its thing over time, you're going to be okay, but you have to learn to control your emotions Here's why this is so important. If you don't control your emotions and you are so emotionally tied to what the stock market is doing, but A, that's a lot of stress. Like I don't think most people can handle that ups and downs and that roller coaster of emotions day in and day out without having any health implications. So it is a lot of stress, but more than anything, you are creating a very, very amount of stress that's unnecessary. If you recognize that the stock market will go up and it will go down. And there's times that your money will look like it grew 100%. And there's times that your money will will appear as if it's losing money. This is normal. This is so normal. And it's actually a good thing that the market fluctuates like that. Because when the market starts to go down and you're continually investing your money, when it goes back up, you just, on paper, made a ton of money. Now remember, we don't make money or lose money until we sell. But on paper, you made money. It's a really, really great thing, and if you can separate your emotions, and when it goes down, just say, you know what? She's doing this thing. This is normal. I'm okay. I'm going to survive. I don't make money or lose money until I sell. I'm going to be all right. If you can do that, investing becomes so much fun. I love it. Whenever I look at my accounts and I see it go up and down, I get excited. I seriously do. And when it goes down... I actually kick in a little bit more money. I'm like, I got 50 bucks. I'll put $50 here because I know that it's going to go back up. I trust the entire global economy and the U.S. economy enough to say that historically this has performed pretty well. Historically, the average is about 8% return as a whole. I'm going to be okay. And that is the most important piece when it comes to investing. Yes, education is important, but managing your emotions is probably the most key piece so that you don't make a bad decision. The other side of managing emotions that we don't often talk about is managing emotions from the sense of taking ownership for this. So an emotional reaction would be, I'm not smart enough. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to outsource this to somebody who does know. That's an emotional response. Yes, it's also a logical response saying, if I don't know what I'm doing, I shouldn't do it. But investing in today's world does not need to be difficult. In fact, I truly believe, based on tons of research and and data and, and proof to say this, that if you are investing on your own and you're keeping your fees pretty low, you're going to be fine. Like You're going to outperform even the smartest people in the world that think they can really outperform the market. Research has shown that isn't the case. Most people cannot outperform the market. And so if you're investing for the long term and you're just committing yourself to investing and taking ownership of this side of your wealth, It's so freeing. It really, really is. And I think one of the biggest things is knowing that you right now are capable of doing your own investing. You 100% are capable of this. You do not need to outsource this. You don't need to hire somebody that's smarter than you. You're smart enough. And if you follow some basic strategies that will help you build wealth, you're gonna be just fine. So an emotional response is not even giving yourself the opportunity to try to learn this stuff because you're afraid that you're going to mess it all up. You're not gonna mess it up. This is not a formal step, but it leads me to my next point, which is so critical. Action is better than inaction. Even if you don't make the best decisions, even if it's not optimal when it comes to investing, the fact that you are putting your money into the market and you're doing the best that you can is always going to benefit you versus sitting on your butt and being too afraid to invest your money. No matter what, doing some action is always more beneficial than just holding your money and being too afraid to invest. Yes, you're going to make mistakes, And yes, you're going to learn through the process, but ultimately you're going to find yourself in a situation where you have wealth and you're not so stressed out about, oh, I wish I would have invested sooner. I wish I would have. It doesn't matter if you start today and you just do some small, small steps. Maybe it's starting with the robo advisor, whatever your situation is, start today. That action is going to serve you so much better than inaction. All right, guys, I hope that this was a helpful episode. I know I get a ton of questions on this, so I really wanted to record this episode to point people to in the future as well because it's so important and it's so critical that we take ownership of our wealth building and more than anything, we take action on that. Remember, confidence comes from commitment, so I want you to commit today, to the process of becoming a wealthy person and investing. All right, guys, that's it for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with one person that you know who has talked about always wanting to invest but doesn't know where to get started. Send this to them and I hope it will help them too. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're having a great Wednesday and I will see you on Friday for Five Tip Friday or next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye.